Welcome into the bank, a show which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 9 of The Bank. We are just wrapping up the first round of the NFL Draft and Gabe and I thought we'd give you our first take on what went down in, in the first round. And, um, you know, I think, you know, for starters, what we saw really was not too crazy of a first round. Um, I definitely think it seemed like uh, the the changes to how the draft was formatted definitely affected the number of trades and ev- how evaluations were going. I think teams were more rigid in their boards. Um, but I think we're going to start out talking a little bit about things that, that kind of jumped off the page at us the most um, in the first round. And, and I'm going to get us started here. Um, I was really shocked to see Henry Ruggs go at 12 and for him to be the first wide receiver off the board. Um, I think he's super talented and I think he's really interesting in an offense, but not in Oakland (laughs) for starters. Um, I think that's not a great fit with Carr to begin with. Um, And I just don't think he does enough for a team. I think he was a really interesting complimentary player to an offense. Um, but I just don't see him being successful in Oakland. And I think that's going to look like a swing and a miss when it's all said and done more, more because of the team than, than his lack of talent. So that could change in a couple years, but I don't think he's being primed for success there right now. Yeah. I thought that was a surprising pick and I'm not sure if Oakland is tied to Carr in the long term. I think he might end up not even being a starter the entire year this year if things don't go well with him. Um, and I agree he's not a great fit for Ruggs. Like, Carr doesn't really like to throw deep that much. He's a more conservative quarterback. Um, he doesn't. He has a decent arm, but he's not, like, a great arm that can necessarily take advantage of Ruggs' speed. Um, I think both of the Raiders' picks were actually very surprising. Um, Ruggs being the first wide receiver, and then they picked a cornerback at 19, uh, Damon Arnett out of Ohio State, who... I don't know if anybody had him mocked in the first round. Um, I had him more as like a third round kind of guy. Um, there's a lot of corners who I would have taken ahead of him, probably like five or six. And that was a very surprising pick combined with the Rugs pick. I think both of them were kind of a little bit of an overdraft. Um, another thing that I think we were both extremely surprised by was Green Bay when they uh, traded up in the first round and drafted a quarterback when they have arguably a top three, if not maybe top one quarterback still in the NFL, and Aaron Rodgers, like, when he's on his game, he's still, like, incredibly talented. And they had a chance to put, uh, you know, a top-tier wide receiver on that roster and or a linebacker, which they also really needed, and they didn't go either direction. So I think that's something that's going to be one of the biggest headlines of this draft. Yeah, maybe they were all in on Ayuk and they thought he was going to be there when they picked or, you know, maybe they got gun shy. I think it surprised me even more that they traded up to the spot that they traded up um, in the sense that it costs less and less as it goes down the list. And if you look at the teams that we're picking, you've got Seattle, Baltimore, Tennessee, the Dolphins, um, you know, Minnesota and Kansas City. And, and when you got teams like that, um any one of them would have traded for their first round or for a quarterback. Are we going to have to do this again, Gabe? 
<laughs> no, I think we're okay. All right. Well, Gabe's dog obviously agrees with me, but um, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, it seemed like there were seven more picks that they could have traded back down the down the way on and still gotten value for. Um, so that one kind of surprised me that they traded ahead to that spot for it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of went weird in the second half of this draft. I thought the first half was like kind of slow and like everybody was just kind of like going normal in terms of like selections. And then halfway through the draft just got turned upside down and trades going all over the place, like players going who you wouldn't expect to go. Um, it got really interesting. Um, but yeah, some, some really strange things I think happened. So did you have a favorite pick in the first round? Favorite pick? Um, like a, a team that you thought made a really that that guy fits really well for that team and is going to make a big impact short term. Yeah, that's a good question. I so we talked about this a little bit with our podcast uh, about the, some of the, the mocks that we were doing uh, yesterday, and I th- I think Kansas City getting Clyde Edwards-Helaire at pick thirty two mm-hmm. is is one of my favorite picks because he is a dynamite running back. I thought I had him personally as my favorite running back in the draft. I wasn't sure if he's the best running back, but he was so versatile. He could play, you know, as a as a pass catcher. He could obviously play all three downs. He's really good um, in terms of his ability to, um, like, play through contact and pick up yards after contact. He's very low center of gravity. I compared him to Ray Rice. Um, he's got a, that similar, like, shorter build, but um, ability to kind of, like, bounce off tacklers and just keep going. I'm also a very good route runner, and I think he's going to be incredible in that offense. Yeah, you know, the team I thought that came away best from the first round actually was the Chargers. Um, I, I thought they, you know, if they if you like Herbert, you know, I, I don't know enough about him, but if you like him enough to be a quarterback for you, um, and then you put Murray in the middle of that defense in addition to what they already have there, um, they've already got a lot of offensive tools for Herbert to be successful in the short term. I thought they're a team that could move up in the ranks from a, a record perspective in the NFL based on what they did in that first round. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Herbert is their day one starter, um, yeah. because I think he's kind of a player who might need a year to adjust to the NFL. Um, I think he has talent and I think he is in a good situation in San Diego in terms of the offensive weapons that he has in order to throw to. Um, I don't think they have a very good offensive line though. And I'm not sure that's kind of the situation you want a rookie quarterback starting behind is, is a shaky offensive line. Um, I think they did kind of pick up a couple of players to improve it, but um, I think he might probably start a few games. I'm not sure if he's going to start every game this year, but that's definitely a team that, you know, is improving. It's funny because I think a lot of people thought that Tua would be kind of a good fit there um, because he could have some time to, to, you know, sit, uh, behind Taylor and, you know, get fully healthy if he's not fully healthy. Uh, but uh, Herbert is kind of a, a little bit of a developmental guy. So I think that kind of has the same situation there. So let's, let's talk about the Ravens pick. I think that's what everybody's waiting for us to do. Um, and I, I'll preface it before we even get to queen and I'll, I'll throw some props your way. You called the Jordan Brooks train going in the first round, going to a team that nobody had pegged taking an inside linebacker. Um, and no one was really associating with Jordan Brooks. I mean, you know, you, you called it. I, I think Seattle totally blew the value there. 
Um, and that's a spot where they could have traded back and gotten Jordan Brooks later and gotten something else. Um, uh, but that aside, you know, I, you know, Pete Carroll knows his linebackers. Um, they, they've done a phenomenal draft job of drafting and, and developing those guys. So, um, you know, I, I think you can't talk about Patrick Queen without talking about the fact that he's the fourth inside linebacker that's taken in the first round after Simmons, after Murray and after Brooks. Um, and I think that, you know, that's an interesting lens to look at the Ravens first round pick to, to start with. Yeah. I mean, we were kind of texting back and forth while this was all going down. And I think we were thinking, you know, why is it that Queen seems to be the guy who is slipping a little bit? And it might be because he was really only a one year starter. He didn't even start the entire season. And he is on the smaller side. He's, he's like 230 pounds, um, which is, you know, more like the weak side linebacker size in the, in the NFL than like the Mike linebacker. That said, I think he is a great fit for the Ravens. Um, he is somebody who can be good in coverage, which they really need. Um, and they can even keep two linebackers on the field now with LJ4, who I also think is a good coverage linebacker. So maybe you will see less of that dime package that they used so much last year. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they use their, their linebackers, um, in this next year and the next couple of years. Um, regarding the other linebackers that went in the draft, um, <clears throat> you were higher on Kenneth Murray than I was. Um, and I think, you know, obviously he went ahead of Queen. Brooks went ahead of Queen. We thought that was a little surprising. I think the Ravens kind of fortunate with the way it worked. And I think it might be the kind of the, the fit in a lot of ways because Maybe in Seattle they wanted somebody who was more of a traditional outside linebacker, a guy who could blitz more, um, who's a little bigger, a little more physical perhaps than what Queen is. He's kind of more instinctual, I think, inside than Brooks is. And they had Bobby Wagner as their kind of middle linebacker. So maybe there's some kind of like idea of, of wanting a different type of player next to Wagner. Um, but I think the Ravens really are going to enjoy having Queen um, obviously they needed somebody at the linebacker. I thought they might wait to the second round and pick somebody up, but it's going to be really fun to see how Wink uses these guys. They have so much speed on defense now, athleticism. Um, and I think Queen's a guy you can use in a lot of different ways. He can, he can blitz, he can drop back in coverage. I mean, he's, he's not the biggest guy, like we mentioned. Run defense might be the question mark with him, but I think he's, he's still very good and instinctual, and he knows how to attack the run he knows you can see like where the where linemen are moving he was a uh, running back i think in high school um so he's kind of got these instincts in terms of what a running back is looking at in terms of how the, the gaps are are kind of moving and, and where that's where the uh blocks are lining up so i think he might use that kind of instinct um on the defensive side and be very effective against the run and how can you not love the value at 28 for Patrick Queen? I mean, regardless of kind of what you made of him, and I think, you know, whether or not you think he should have been ahead of Murray, I, I, I mean, I think we both agree he should have been ahead of Brooks. So, but even if you set that aside, um, getting him at 28, not having to get him any additional draft value up, getting a position that you think you're getting best player available and, and, you know, you're looking at the board and, and it's hard to argue where the Ravens picked that they, that queen wouldn't have been one of the top three guys in terms of the tier that you're looking at. You can't be anything but delighted 
um, that the Ravens didn't have to give up like one of those fourths or a third to move up and, and get a guy that fits right in. Um, and when you look at, like you were just saying, you know, in terms of what Martindale's going to be able to do with this now, um, I think it's really interesting. And I think it opens a lot of doors for the Ravens for next year in terms of this defense. I think we're going to see a really dynamic defense, which we, we haven't seen for a couple of years. Um, and that gets me excited because, you know, that that's the root of Ravens football. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a player who can kind of be a movable chess piece, um, in a lot of ways, I think Queen is similar to Isaiah Simmons. Um, he, he doesn't have quite the the coverage chops, I guess, that Simmons might have, or the ability to like rush off the edge. But I think that there is some of the similar skills and and his mobility, um, his ability to move around the formation. Um, he's very um, good in short area like quickness, and I, I think. That's something that can be really useful um, in a lot of different ways. And, you know, Wink is kind of a magician with how he, he has his players, you know, like showing blitz and then dropping off into coverage and then like, like looping around, coming from the other side. It's just, I think he's a perfect fit for what the Ravens want to do. And as you said, they got the value. You know, they didn't have to move up to get somebody like, like uh, San, Los Angeles Chargers did. Um, and, yeah, they, they got the guy that they, they, I think they probably wanted at 28 and you can't really ask for a better kind of intersection of value versus and you know need coming together so let's talk about tomorrow you know there are we're what 23 picks away from where the ravens have to pick again um and i think there are easily seven guys that i'm interested in um right off the bat that i would have been interested in potentially at this pick that the ravens just took um you know that includes like blacklock ipanisa gross matos Vaughn, Pittman, and maybe another one of those wide receivers could kind of get lumped in that group. It depends on Higgins, Mims, you know, whichever one of those guys that you want to take in that. And McKinney um, being on the board too. So you got like like seven, eight, nine, ten-ish guys that are there. I mean, the first question is, do you think the Ravens are going to try and move up in the second round for a guy they like? I think it's very likely. Um, there's a lot of players that I think, like you said, could be there maybe even at 55, depending on how the draft goes. There's a lot of cornerbacks who I thought could have gone in the first round that didn't go. Um, so I think there might be a run on corners, and that might help the Ravens out because they don't necessarily need a corner in the second round. Maybe, maybe they'll get one later, but um, that could be a position group that goes and that, and that can help the Ravens in terms of other talented position like uh, edge maybe falling. There's a bunch of edge defenders. Um, I think only two defensive ends went in the first round, which is um, good for the Ravens because they need to get somebody. And I think that could be something that falls into their laps. Um, wide receiver too. I don't know if they need to move up. I think if they have maybe somebody who they value, you know, quite out of the others, then they, they could, they have the ammunition to move up. But I think they can, they're in a good position to just sit at 55 and let somebody fall to them. Similar to how they did in the first round at 28. You know, they just kind of let the other guys other teams make moves ahead of them and they still got the guy they wanted. So I think there's a lot so, of options. So you, you get to pick a guy that they're going to pick at 55 and then at 60, who, who are the two guys you're, you're hoping the Ravens take tomorrow? So I think one of them will be a wide receiver. That's who I'm hoping for. I'm hoping, um, I think Pittman might be there at 55. I, I don't think Higgins will be there. Um, maybe Hamler or Chenault. I, I think I wasn't a huge fan of Chenault, but if he's there in the, in the end of the second round, I think it's somebody who is interesting in terms of what 
you can do with him on offense. He's not a very polished wide receiver, but you know he's a kind of a dynamic offensive weapon. Um, and then I think, yeah. So I was I would say edge and wide receiver are the are the two real groups that the Ravens should want to address in the second round. How about yeah, you? I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love for Pittman to still be there on the board. Um, he's a guy that if I was the Ravens, I'd think about moving up for. Um, but there are a couple other guys that I'm I'm interested to see what happens with their value. Blacklock um, mm. and Matabuke out of A&M. Um, you know, the Ravens don't have a ton of depth at defensive tackle. Um, and these guys seem to be sliding down the board. Um, you know, I, I think the longer Blacklock goes on the board, the longer Matabuke does. Um, and both of them have some explosive tape. Um, and I'm just interested to see what the Ravens end up doing in terms of need there. But I also think there's almost a 0% chance that one of those two picks isn't a wide receiver. I think, um, that being said, there are some wide receivers that could drift into the third that I still, you know, I still like in terms of value. You know, we talked about, um, uh, Brian Edwards as a guy that I really like. So, you know, he's still there. Claypool's a guy that I like, I think he's going to be there for both of those picks. Um, you know, and, but in terms of edge rusher, you still got Lewis, you still got Taylor, you've got Ipanisa, you've got gross Matos, um, you know, Zuniga, there are a lot of guys that are on the board there still. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with their value too. Um, and I kind of wonder whether or not one of those guys turns into a free fall guy. Hmm. Um, you know, I think Ipanisa might be a guy that's still there at 55. Yeah, I was actually surprised he didn't go um, to Seattle. I thought they had a need at, at a defensive end, and they could have taken him or Gross Matos, and neither one of them um, was the guy. So that was surprising to me. But, yeah, the the edge is the position that I think was surprising, the most surprising to me in terms of not getting drafted in, in the first round. And there's guys, those two you mentioned also, then there's Julian Aquara, there's Curtis Weaver, there's mm-hmm. Daryl Taylor, you know, there's a lot of guys who I think will go in day two that could help the Ravens out. Um, and I think that any, there could be several of them that will be available when the, when the Ravens pick in the second round. Some of them might even be there in the third round. It's it's hard to say with, with the way that they seem to be valued in this draft. So, And and we shouldn't forget about um, Hunt and Cushenberry either. There are a couple, you know, interior yeah. offensive linemen that, that are there. And, I, you know, I, I've long said I think that the Ravens should look at a swing tackle type more than an inside offensive lineman. They need a guy that can be depth there, but they've already got, if Skur is healthy, four in, inside linemen um, that they like. So, you know, there could be a guy that we're not really talking about yet that could be kind of a fit there. Obviously, a lot of the tackles are off the board, but, you know, you've got, what, four, five came off the board in the first round? Um, five. Yeah, I think six, six, six. Six. Did, so uh, six Wilson, yeah. Yeah, so we've got six off the board already. It... it you know, it makes you wonder whether or not a guy like Josh Jones really starts to fall. And, and you know, if he's there at 55, what do the Ravens think about somebody like that? Yeah, Josh Jones, um, Lucas Niang out of TCU. I know he had a, a hip injury that might have made his stock kind of fall a little bit. But he's a guy who I think uh, reminds me a lot of Kalachi Assembly, actually. He's kind of a, a big guy who um, has been dominant at times at um, offensive tackle at college level, but might be better served playing guard in the NFL. Um, and then, and then, yeah, obviously Josh Jones as well. He's he's a little more athletic. I think um, he probably goes. I think in the next five to ten picks, but could be wrong about that. 
Um, also, Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State is a name to keep in mind. He might be the guy who could do that as well. Yeah, and you've got, and you know, I'll throw two more names out there for tomorrow. But Swift and Taylor are both still there as running backs, you know. And do they really start to fall? I mean, either one of those guys at fifty-five feels like it's got premium value written all over it too. Um, so I'll be really interested to see, you know. And I prefer Swift over Taylor, but you know, pick your poison. If one of those guys are available at fifty-five, whether or not the Ravens pull the string. Yeah, and I think uh, safety might be a potential direction the Ravens go to. If a guy like uh, Antoine Winfield is still available, or maybe even Grant Elpit, who I think is has, is a guy who was considered, you know, at some point like a top 10, 15 talent, um, didn't have a great last year at LSU. Um, but he's also playing through an injury. So I think he might be someone that the Ravens would be interested in um, if he's still available. Yeah, so there are uh, there are plenty of names out there for the Ravens. I think I think I think your assessment that they're not going to trade up is probably right. Um, but I'm excited to see we get what two rounds tomorrow. So four new Ravens on the board. We'll have a lot more to talk about tomorrow. Um, and I'm excited to see. I mean, I'm excited about Patrick Queen. He wasn't the guy that I wanted, but again, not having to trade up and getting him for value. Um, I, I think it's great for the Ravens. I, I, I want to see another stalwart inside linebacker. It, it makes me feel like I'm watching Ravens football again. And I haven't even seen him play yet. Yeah, and, and I mentioned this on the message board, but one of the most interesting things about Queen is that he's still only 20 years old. He's one of the youngest mm. players in the draft. He's you know probably not completely filled out in terms of his, his body, so he could probably put on another five, maybe 10 pounds, get stronger. Um, he's one of the most explosive linebackers in in the class like his like jumps and 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 speeds really really impressive and i think that that's going to be kind of a difference maker for the ravens because they haven't had that type of player linebacker really since a young ray lewis yeah it should be uh, i it sets up well for the ravens next year it, it, the ravens couldn't have they couldn't have played it any better than they did in terms of the way it ended up falling down in the draft for how they approach free agency, which I gave them a pretty hard time about on the message board. So um, props to DaCosta for getting it right. I don't think, you know, he had any control over it, but um, you can't be anything but happy right now as a Ravens fan. Yeah. I think that Eric DaCosta is one of the best. Um, and I'm sure he had somebody else in mind if Queen went at 27. Oh, absolutely. So I, I think there's probably a plan in place, even if the Ravens couldn't have gotten him. So, I mean, they're always planning for every single possible outcome. But I think they saw that, you know, he wasn't maybe perceived with the same value by some teams. And I think, like we said, it might be due to his, his slight build, his lack of experience. But I think when you just watch him play you see the, the upside of potential with him so i'm super happy with the way this worked out and i think we have a lot to look forward to tomorrow all right everybody well check us out um you can join us on the message board at baltimore sports and i'm at bsl jordan co gabe's at at gabe fergie 